0: A recession is upon us, and it's been so long, we're going to talk about what not to do with your money during a recession. Now, it's going to be a long one, so this is just part one, and then we'll have another episode with even more ideas about what not to do with your money in a recession.
1: From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. All right. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Kirk Barbera, and I'm not a financial expert.
0: And I'm Jake Rivas. I am a financial expert, but together, Kirk and I talk about the economy, the financial markets, and review financial articles, all with the express purpose of helping our listeners build wealth both today and into the future.
1: Yes. And today, we're going to talk about this article in the Wall Street Journal um, and then we're going to do this in two parts, the biggest money mistakes people make in a recession. And there's a lot of um, – it's basically like little snippets, right? Like little quotes from um, people like Are Peter lot. La- Go ahead.
0: Yeah. it's It looks like this is kind of like a, a culmination of uh, advice from other financial advisors or people in financial yeah. professions just who have probably been through – a uh, couple of recessions, so they know what they're talking about. But
1: it's also a wide range of people, so it's like you have Grant Donnelly, assistant professor of marketing at Ohio State University, right? You have Oh, interesting. Uh, Lazetta L- Rainey, co-CEO uh, at Twenty Fifty, well, they're wealth partners in New York. So, but you have you have you know chief financial analyst for Bankrate.com in Palm Beach Gardens. Um, I saw Harvard Business professors. I saw so lots of different perspectives. Yeah, for that sure. that's what I thought was really cool is that yeah. it wasn't just not that there's anything wrong with you know financial advisors, but it was uh, you know <laughs> hey now hey now, <laughs> <laughs> but there was a variety of choices or a variety of pieces of advice, which I, I think is a good lesson in general in life, right? Is like you know you want to have your financial advisor, but you should also you know make friends with the lawyer, right? You should also Absolutely. make make friends with a wide variety of people with different perspectives. Is very helpful. Yeah. So that's what this never article have just
0: does. just a one like one person is the answer for everything.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So why don't we just hop into some of these uh, comments and pieces of advice for the biggest money mistakes people make in a recession? And the first yeah. one, do you want to read? Well, the first and I guess one, let's to say this
0: up? before we jump into one of them. Let's just say this. This is important because the composition of the economy during a recession is different than it is during an expansionary period. Uh, Mm. And that affects a lot of different things. So you may have higher degree of unemployment. That you would when you were in an expansionary period. We may not have much inflation. We may have, you know, there's just a lot of different things going on. And that's why we want to talk about this because we haven't been in a recession in over 10 years. So we need to be conscientious about what are the implications of being in a recession. So I just wanted to start that out.
1: I think that's important. Super important. Yeah.
0: The first one. I like this because we talk about how important it is to have an emergency fund, Yeah, but this is the flip side, refusing to tap your emergency fund.
1: Yeah. Have so, you ever done this? Well, assuming I've had an re- emergency fund, <laughs> 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 I mean, I now have one because of you. Um, I don't know that I've had one very often in my life, to be honest. Okay, Like not one that I would say is an emergency fund. It's like what I would have would be like, um, I had to have money that, I, I got a chunk of money from some one-off event I did where I got a couple grand for a film job I did or something and yeah. I put it into, um, you know, like, like some portfolio that I, I put aside and didn't even remember. my dad manages for me or something like that. That's it. Yeah. And I just, okay. I forgot all about it. It's like, Oh crap. I have, forgot. To right. that. But that's not really an emergency fund. I don't think. Right. It's not no, quite the that's same That's more thing. an, an investment. investment. Yeah. So now I have an emergency fund. I don't need to tap into it, but, you know, I, I think it's a good point that they're making here about, you know, it's like we, we, we sometimes like, I know I'm thinking, man, I don't want to touch this ever. And so I can imagine, even if I'm in hard times, you know I'm like dying of starvation and I have $5,000 in the bank for an emergency. I was like, that's only for emergencies. I can't ever exactly. touch it. It's like, but you're dying. <laughs> like it's get some like- food, man. <laughs>
0: I think there's, I see this sometimes with clients, especially when we're just starting out their financial situation. And one of the first things very often is the need to obviously accumulate some degree of an emergency fund. And so for some of us, that requires a lot of work. I mean, if you think not just the average person can put away 1000 or $2,000 a month into a savings account. So I think psychologically, if you had a goal of accumulating an emergency fund and it took you six months. And then the very next month you had an emergency. Sorry, my phone just interrupted everything. That's all you right. had an emergency and now maybe, this, maybe it's
1: an emergency. And maybe it is. An <laughs> oh no. You had this six month
0: goal and now all of a sudden you're going to need it. I can totally understand the psychology behind not wanting to touch it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, you you kind of especially if you get good at training your mind to think of it as an emergency so for instance there are times when you think you need to tap into your emergency fund when you don't really need to right like okay you 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 had your brakes go out and um something go wrong with your house so it's like oh i need to go into my emergency fund but not really like you have enough to kind of just scrape by for this month and next month and just kind of be a little bit tighter and and don't touch your emergency m- fund because you need to wait for it or something like that, right? Yeah. Does that make sense like that kind yeah. of scenario? And so you do a good job of training your mind, but then that that same mechanism that you've trained of never touch, never touch, never touch unless it's a true emergency, but then you forget what a true emergency is.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and then you almost do more damage than what the emergency fund was designed to prevent from happening. Right. So what oh, can happen
1: is you take out of your I investment just, funds. <laughs> I, yeah. I, okay. Well,
0: I just can't bring myself to take out this money cause it was so hard to save it yeah. that I'm going to take out money from my 401k or I'm going to borrow it on my credit card and just pay it off over a couple of months. Right yeah. now you've, now you've Defeated increased your cost and you've derailed some of your financial goals. So being able to recognize when a true emergency exists is really important. Yeah. And then also being able to take the next step of taking a withdrawal from your savings. Yeah. Keep that in mind because the alternative is usually a lot more detrimental to your plan than just that initial painful uh, withdrawal to see that account value go down.
1: No, I think that's very helpful. Yeah, for sure. It's just remember the purpose of an emergency yep. fund is to kind of avoid all of those problems. Yep. Because well, that's the first money mistake, refusing to tap the emergency fund. What's the second one? So the next one, and actually this was from
0: my, so this guy, David Blanchett. Who's the head of retirement research for Morningstar Investment Management? We went to school together. Oh, nice. Uh, we we did our graduate work together at Texas Tech for financial planning. So uh, that's pretty cool. That is cool. But so, his uh, comment here is titled "No Reentry Plan." So what this is talking about is if you at the pit of the decline. In February and March in the financial markets, if you were one of those investors that got nervous and you sold your investments because you saw them going down in value, we've talked about the psychology behind that before. But if you found yourself in that situation, one of the things that's difficult in a recession is knowing when to re-enter the financial markets because the recession doesn't line up with the (laughs) subsequent performance of the investments yeah have like you seen that that
1: uh meme <laughs> that's going around and it's like um it has the f- the front part of a house is perfectly well managed and manicured and it's beautiful and perfect and it's like the um uh, the financial markets and then the back of the house is just framed and it's burned down and it says the economy <laughs> and it's just like and you have you know the front of the house is you know obviously looks perfect and it's and, and it's just funny to see that Comparison, yeah. and I think that's, we did an episode on that, right? Um,
0: how the uh, financial markets are not the economy. Yeah,
1: and I think that's important for, but it is confusing. It's really confusing when you're not super confusing. thinking about it i like, why is the financial market doing so well? And it's like, people are dying in the streets. <laughs> like, well, and I'll, give you, Not, an, oh,
0: right, I'll right. give you an example too, like an actual example. If we think about a lot of the, the hospitality industry as a result of this pandemic has been hammered. So hospitality, like restaurants and hotels and luxury travel. I, 4,000 I mean, 4,000
1: businesses in New York City have shut down forever. Yeah, hammered. But if we look at Crazy.
0: the percentage of those types of businesses that, uh, are part of the overall stock market, it's minimal, like it's de minimis. So oh, the majority okay. of your money that you're investing in the stock market has literally no exposure to what's happening in the hospitality sector. It's, it's when those types of impacts, begin the ripple effect across the economy, that then the financial markets are going to behave a little differently. So with this re-entry plan, this is why we don't try to time the markets, right? Because there is no glaring indication of when to exit and when to re-enter. The reality is that you end up exiting at the bottom when you shouldn't have, and then you end up entering at the very top when you also shouldn't have. So the better approach, obviously, we've talked about it before, stay invested, make sure that what you're investing is long-term in nature, and always have your cash uh, uh, your cash reserves in place. But then on a re-entry plan, if you were the one of the ones that made a mistake, which I'll straight up call it a mistake. If you made a mistake and you sold out at the bottom of the market, you need to just try to re-enter as quickly as feasibly you can, because don't wait for some magic moment. Because if we knew what the magic moment was, nobody would be participating in the game. We yeah. would have already
1: won. Yeah. But that's part of the, the paradox.
0: Yeah. Because knowing yeah. that
1: then makes it impossible.
0: Maybe. Right. So <laughs> well, then it doesn't exist. But if so you then... think you know it, then you hurt yourself. Well, but then what I'm saying
1: is like it would equal out and there would be no benefit because everybody would, unless it was everyone would do it. Like if you had Mm. a crystal ball, then yeah, that's what everybody wants. That's the fantasy. Yeah. Um, but anyway,
0: yeah, that's so no (laughs) reentry plan. Let's not have a reentry plan needed would be the way to go. But if you did sell, get back in because participating in the market wins every time over trying to play it.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: All right. All right. The next one, is this one's a big one too, especially in a recession and a cash crunch, ignoring your credit score. Mm. So it's not uncommon for people who are in a cash crunch to cut some bills. But what they're saying in this, in this aspect is even if it's difficult, either communicate with your lenders or make the highest priority bills, the ones that are affecting your credit score, because down the line, your credit score is so important in your ability to build wealth over time, have access to financial resources, get the best possible rates for different things that you don't want to sh- have a nearsighted view of, uh, I'm not really sure I'm going to make my bills for the next two months. I'm just going to sacrifice paying my student loan. That, that's, not a, that's not really the ideal situation. So the better approach is don't ignore it. If you can't afford it, call the lenders up and have a conversation.
1: Yeah, and I just got a letter saying that all payments for my federal loans have been frozen or not or the like the interest payments are stopped for this yes. year. But it did have like a thing in it that said, but now is a time a good time to keep paying it off because like it's going to go toward the principal more.
0: Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. Like all your payments right now, because they're not accruing interest because of COVID yeah. any payments you make right now on your student loans are having a major impact on the principal, which is amazing because that's going to drive down the the total value faster.
1: Yeah. so And
0: that's good through the end of the year, at least as it currently stands. So, yeah, but keep making them. Um, keep making yeah, them. So don't ignore that credit score.
1: Don't, don't do it. My, um, I, I mean, I'm definitely doing pretty good with that. I still have good. like a lot to figure out with that, to improve it. Cause I screwed it up so bad, but it's getting, I think it's going to get there a little better, a little ticking away at it.
0: Yeah. It takes time, yeah. but you know, as long as you're headed in the right direction. Well, it
1: just, it takes time when you're 35 and you screwed up so much, you don't even know where everything is sometimes when, from oh. your, like early twenties or something, it's like, where is stuff from 15 years ago?
0: what was this loan i took out yeah it's like didn't i have a
1: credit card when i was 22 why did they do that (laughs) who gives a 22 year old a credit card uh especially a dummy who's trying to who thinks he can do anything
0: (laughs) yeah yeah well remember when they remember when they used to set up the booths or maybe you didn't see it because you went to college a little later right but they used to set up yeah. booths at college campuses for freshmen to apply for credit cards.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I, I I think I remembered stuff cause I did go to community college right after high school for a semester, but I had to pay for myself. So it was, a little, but yeah, I remember stuff like that when it was just like, I mean, at the time I was like, well, this is cool. I'm an adult now, but looking back, yeah. it's like, what, why would they do that? That's so messed up. So messed and up. And I think it it's is.
0: illegal
1: now. Yeah. I think it's, it's just so bizarre. Like, I think it's so bizarre that we saddle, Young people who don't really understand with you know, tw- tens of thousands of dollars of debt, you know, whether it's yeah. school or otherwise. But that's yeah. a different topic.
0: Yeah. Go listen to our student loan episode because we talked a lot about that. Yeah. Okay. The next one. This one's also really important because this is a really easy way for people who are in a cash crunch to have a little boost in their paycheck. So they stop contributing to their 401ks or their retirement plan through their employer cuz you know that's money that you don't see going out cuz you just get that comes out of your paycheck and goes deposited into the investment account before the money hits your bank account so if you stop it heck that could be an extra $150 every 2 weeks that could make a meaningful difference in the short term the problem though is that now you have grown accustomed to having that increased $300 a month it's very hard to go back the other way so yeah. the better approach is to recognize the strain now, but keep the long-term focus in mind because that was the objective to begin with.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's really good. Again, this is the habit thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like, um, this is important to have that habit and to respect. I think people don't always respect habits.
0: I like that. Like the power like of
1: habits. That. Like it's yeah. easy to kind of think, well, well, you know, we just do it one time. We don't do this. Is why, like, I freak out when I can't go to the gym every day, because mm-hmm. for me, it's not like I'm gonna, you know. I mean, after six months, I've lost all my muscle. And I'm super fat, but it's not like missing one day is going to be like that. What's going to be like that is you know missing one day that leads to well you know i could sleep in for this week and and not go to the gym and and that can lead to like well maybe i'll just go once in a while or once you know three times you know it just kind of spirals out of control exactly versus having like a maniacal have to go even if i have like two broken legs and my you know spine is (laughs) curved in into a big x my god what (laughs) happened to you (laughs) like and still gotta go to the gym.
0: Pandemic you know. was hard
1: on us. <laughs> it was pretty hard on me. But <laughs> but I think that kind of idea is important here in the 401k just have the habit. Keep it. Absolutely. Unless and it's also, an emergency, I guess, but I guess
0: it's it's an emergency, but again, you know when I That's counsel when clients about participating and contributing to a 401k, I always tell them if you're going to be living paycheck to paycheck and this is going to be a huge hurdle for you, don't do it because then it's not going to be a feasible habit that you can realistically yeah. abide by That's month a good to point. month.
1: That's a really so good point. So
0: I always yeah. try to preface that. So, you know, cause people will be like, well, you got to contribute. You got to start. Yeah. But also you got to get your house in order. So if your house is a mess, yeah. don't be trying to finish out the deck in the back. We got to focus on <laughs> the mess in the front, you know, don't buy that yacht. Don't buy that yacht. <laughs> and then the, the only other thing with this too is from a, from like a technical perspective, Recessions generally accompany lower stock prices. Now, this one's going to be a little unique because we've seen this rise in stock prices even though we're in the midst of a recession. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, historically, lower equity prices during a recession. If you stop contributing to your 401k, you're not getting to buy all of those assets on sale. So it's better to keep contributing because now I'm getting even more shares because stuff's on sale right now.
1: That's true. And they might split up FANG so we'll, that might increase the stocks which will be right. crazy i don't right. know if anybody. money we might do maybe we'll do a show on that in the future we should I, I don't know if you heard about that but
0: the splitting up of fang
1: yeah through antitrust legislation
0: i actually did not know i guess yeah, I they, know just,
1: they just went like google was just in front of uh, congress again and there was like being really seriously threatened and it's possible that they're going to be torn apart by at least it's or hit with heavy pedal. and we don't know that's another topic another interesting time. okay but yeah well, just, that would
0: be a super interesting topic though. yeah for sure now
1: okay the, and which is the opposite of the next topic in the money mistakes the biggest money mistakes during recession which is let's not talk about money <laughs> yeah <That's laughs> which i think is
0: never you know, a good thing
1: to not talk about it yeah so in other words you should talk about it yeah let's talk about money yeah
0: Always talk about money. Even if it's every day, even if you don't have any of it.
1: Right. But so let me just say, I think um, you should talk about money properly though, because I think sometimes um, this is a whole topic about communication among spouses and even friends or roommates or lovers or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, it, it can be challenging because a lot of times, you know, especially if you like share expenses, you might do something where it's like you don't say anything and, you know, you don't say that you need more money or that there's coming up with hard times and there's challenges going on. And you just kind of like, you know, one partner kind of just holds their breath for a little bit and just pretends that it's OK and helps. And the other one is seething and resenting all that's Mm. the sacrifices being made and they're not going on vacations or they're not buying the things that they said they were going to buy together or go on the trips that they said, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, Mm -hmm. that's why it's important to talk. That's why it is important to talk about it and have, but to talk about it the right way.
0: And what they suggest here is like planning regular conversations out. So like maybe it's a day, a week or one evening you guys have your money talk with your partner or whatever, just so that you're you're approaching it very objectively, like this is on the schedule, there was no emotional stimulus that prompted this conversation, we were already thinking about talking about this, and now we have it ready to go, so now we can talk about it. Because I think maybe what you were alluding to is like, if... Uh, the partner hasn't been working for a while and you come home and he's just sitting on the couch and not really doing anything. And you guys haven't talked regularly about the fact that he lost his job, right? It's going to build that resentment. And then eventually it's going to be not a productive conversation. And now we've turned something that could have been very constructive into a passionate issue. That's going to cause a lot of other issues that you don't need right now. Cause we're in a recession.
1: Yeah. And I think it like, it, this one's like a tough one because it it does reveal um I think these issues reveal whether you're with the right person or not, and for the right reasons because there's a reason why divorces go up during recession, and it's you see money true money is like a, yeah, like what they were really after is like oh they you know I'm with this person because I made six figures, or i you know I was making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year and we lived a certain uh, lifestyle. But now that I'm knocked down a peg or I lost a job, now I realize that that's not why, you know, she's not or he's not with me for, you know, whatever reason. It's actually for the money we have or something like that. And I think that happens a lot. Uh, That is,
0: that is interesting. Yeah. I didn't really think about that, but totally. That would expose somebody's ulterior motive if that's what it was.
1: Yeah, and I think and it's it's a hard one. I mean, they, you know, in well, we go on 10. We should do one on this one, I, this whole episode. I will say that we early on, or you had an interview with my friends, the Romeros, and yes. how they talked about money. And they are the healthiest couple that I know. And they talk about money all the time. And they even work mm-hmm. together and they run businesses together. Uh, they now have two kids. So maybe I'll share a link to that or reshare that one because I think it's an important. Like they had a really interesting way of, they they were very open about it. They planned together, they saved together and they were honest with what they wanted. And that is a big part of it. Because a lot Absolutely. of times it's like, well, if I'm, you know, I thought I could have married, you know, Johnny boy and he makes a million dollars. like, And it's like, and I married <laughs> you instead. And now it's like, we're suffering and I don't get to be happy. And, you know, it could, yeah. it could really lead to challenging conversations um, that you just have to have.
0: Right. Right. So, but don't be afraid of having them either. We got to have them.
1: Yeah. Well, I, the way I just made it, made it sound, people will be afraid of having them. True. <laughs> like that's, that's why they're afraid of having them is because it'll reveal that, yeah, I think we right. should get a divorce. Like, no. That's not what I wanted. I just wanted to have a conversation about money. <laughs> this, this went in a
0: totally different direction than Sorry. I was anticipating. No, and, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, my
1: bad. I, I'm trying okay. to be honest about it. That's having a good, honest conversation.
0: Right honesty yeah okay this one this next one you're kind of struggling with this right now right career yeah. on hold yeah so it's it's and i wonder and we'll i'll get your take on this, this too but, I almost, but yeah, I almost yeah. feel like it's like a, a little bit of herd mentality so we assume based on what we hear that things are not good and so we need yeah. to be in oh, a secure yeah, yeah situation, or we need to be cautious about making a career shift or taking on a new responsibility or, you know, seeking out a new opportunity because we feel like things are bad. But I think you have to really take your own situation and keep that in perspective because it could be totally different for you. A lot of, some people don't suffer in recessions or the, their experiences in their workplace is so severe that a recession doesn't matter, you know, because getting out of there and getting in and starting a new career is going to provide so much fulfillment for them that don't let the external factors persuade that decision.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say um, that for me, I think I, I I've made this mistake in various times of challenges in, in terms of like, I've always had a kind of career path or, or, you know, a path that I wanted, but I, in ter- times of emergencies for whatever reason i'll sometimes make snap judgments and snap decisions that i kind of feel i have to make um <clears throat> you know i think like moving out of texas was one of those examples and you know like i was trying to switch like so i go kind of off op- opposite of career on hold i go like career on fire type thing or whatever like way where, <laughs> where it's like the actually is like, let me just do something dramatic like uh, and, and change. So this is saying, you know, money mistake is career on hold. I, maybe another mistake is making crazy decisions based on it. Like I'm going to throw this one out the window and try something radically new or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. Cause I don't Being know a that, little
0: irrational.
1: Yeah. So I think just, that that's kind of what it makes me think of. So here in the career on hold, it, it says stuff like these people stay with companies due to loyalty, comfort and job security. That isn't always guaranteed. By seeking employment opportunities, individuals can affirm their value, test it So I think what they're saying is some people have this wait and see mentality during a recession. Mm-hmm. And so don't have that. So I don't have a wait and see mentality. I guess you have the
0: exact, I opposite. have
1: the exact opposite, which is why this was an interesting one for me. So I don't like, Oh, let me just, you know, I'm suffering. I'm not going to look at what else is out there. I'm like, let me just revamp my whole CV, my whole resume and say, let me just see if I can be this, if I can mold it to look like this based on my experiences, because it sounds really cool. Um, And that I think has to do with the fact that I'm more in the entrepreneurial world than in the nine to five world. Yeah. The work a day world.
0: Yeah, I think that helps, obviously, a lot. They're taking this from the nine-to-five perspective, I think. Yeah. Because your your brain is working differently anyway than nine-to-fivers because you've always kind of been in charge of your income. So recessions come and go, right? But your kind of ability to generate an income has never been necessarily impacted by a recession specifically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so. no, I, so recessions themselves have not seemed to affect me that much. Yeah. Lockdown has, but not a recession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like forcing me to stay in my home has, but
0: yeah, that's, all. I, that's everybody. Yeah, Jeez. I know. I know. Okay. So career on hold. All right. So the next one is hanging on to losers and you read this and thought friends. Friends, Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, cause that's something that you hear business people like Gary Vaynerchuk always talk about, like, you know, uh, Tony Robbins says, "Like you are the product of the five people you spend the most time with," which I think is true. So there is something about hang on to losers friends that they keep you down, right? So that's true, and mm-hmm. I don't know how that's a money mistake during a recession though. <laughs> so that's not relevant to this <laughs> article. What is this article talking about when it says hang on, hanging on to losers?
0: So this is really talking about investments, right? We in a recession, your investments are going to perform differently because depending on the comp, how the the recession's affecting the economy, it's going to impact whatever your investments are differently. So like I talked about earlier, the hospitality industry, right? If you have shares of Hilton Hotel, right? I'm just throwing this out there. It it may have declined significantly. And Carnival might be a better one, Carnival Cruises, because the cruise line industry has been hammered with this. Mm -hmm. Well, so it might be that if you had shares of, of Carnival Cruise Line and it has suffered tremendously, it's going to take it a while for it to rebound, right? And so sometimes as an investor, we can get in this mindset, this emotional tie to a specific investment because we picked it. And yeah. we will hold on to it when we don't need to be hanging to it. And I think this is what this is saying is like, recognize sometimes not all investments are going to turn a profit for you, number one. And number two, be willing to accept defeat in some sense by getting rid of losers and buying something that has a higher prop, prop, possibility of do, of being a better performer for you. I think that's good. So that's really what it's talking about. Yeah.
1: I have nothing okay. else to add to that other than my silliness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the next one, ignoring fees. So this kind of speaks to what we said earlier, recessions tend to accompany lower rates of return in the stock market. Not always, but, but sometimes they do. And so if we think about as an investor, my rate of return is my net return. So after fees and taxes have been deducted, that's what I get to keep in my pocket. Well, if my return environment is going to be lower for several years, now might be the time to get rid of that expensive mutual fund that... I was thinking about, you know, that I had been keeping or maybe it's time that I do something I I shift my investment strategy into index funds because they have a lot lower expense ratios than my actively managed funds do mm-hmm. something like that. They're just saying be conscientious of fees in particular during a recession, because sometimes Rates of return are a lot lower, and so if your fees are still what they were when your investments were generating fifteen or twenty percent, right, and they weren't reasonable then, they're definitely not going to be reasonable now when your investments are only performing at three to five percent.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think that's pretty straightforward. Yeah.
0: The next one, out of sight, out of mind. Oh, no. I kind of like. <laughs> I, there's part of me that I initially read this and I disagreed. Because oh. I think about that. What they're saying here is that, like, when a market takes a major downturn, some people just will not even look at their account statements. Yeah. Right. So that if they don't see that it declined, they're not going to know it declined, you know? Yeah. Which is not true because the reality is that it declined. However, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of merit in not acknowledging or not getting caught up in the emotions of seeing those declines when it's money that I don't need for another 20 or 30 years, right? It's really not constructive for me to be watching it all the time. If it's my retirement account that I don't need this money for 20 years, I'm just going to stress myself out. So I kind of see it as like, okay, your entire financial picture shouldn't be out of sight, out of mind, but there could be aspects of the plan that you know are long-term in nature, that can you can conscientiously be like, I'm not gonna look at this because I know that I have the strategy and it's supposed to work for long term.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I um I'm definitely an out of sight, out of mind person in general when it comes to this. <laughs> but it that it tends to be more for like the fees and what I owe stuff versus what they're talking about here. So we might have to write Catherine Collinson, CEO and president of TransAmerica Institute and TransAmerica Center for Retirement Studies, and tell her, no, you're trying to create people, create anxious people out there where they're just looking at their retirement and all their accounts and freaking out all the time. And you shouldn't do that. So you should keep a. So what she's saying is true. You do want to, by the way, maybe I should say this may be a worthwhile endeavor for having a financial advisor that they can kind of keep an eye. Is that something that happens with financial advisors?
0: Absolutely. Because if you look at what she's saying yeah, here what specifically, she's, saying. she's like talking about, you know, account notifications or investments that require attention. You know, sometimes an investment transaction something, erroneous transactions, suspicious activity, yeah. right? That's why you're hiring an advisor is to watch your money and be a steward of your financial, your financial assets. Yeah. So from that perspective, if you don't have an advisor that's looking for those kinds of things, obviously you need to pay attention to those kinds of things. Yeah. But from a planning perspective, I guess I'm, maybe more, I'm more speaking from the advisor role where these are the things that I worry about for my clients so they don't have to worry about it.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it should be. Is that? Yeah, that's why you should have a financial advisor, is to yeah. it, you know, help you with that. <laughs> that's important.
0: Keep an eye on stuff, then Keep you don't get up. Yeah. Okay. The next one: abandoning entrepreneurial dreams. So we already talked about you don't struggle with this.
1: No, I do sometimes. Absolutely, no, I I struggle with this all the time. That's part of the problem. Is I um, get into these things and I abandoned like <clears throat> not entrepreneurial dreams in the sense of being an entrepreneur or, or like trying some other thing. It's that, um, cause this is advice for people who are nine to five and are, I think saving for their own small business, right? Like they want the working nine to five so that they can open up their own coffee shop or restaurant and, or bar or something like that. That's something that they have always, wa- or whatever it is, right? For, and this is talking about when the economy goes South, people typically hold back from starting a small business. Yeah. Um, even though it's co- maybe counterintuitive to start a business during a recession, a downturn can be the perfect opportunity, and I think that's true. Uh, totally. Actually, if you look at a lot of successful companies, there's these motivational books or whatever, and they have lists of all these companies that started during a recession or depression. Recession. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. the majority of the big companies that uh, you'd be surprised how many of them began in a recession or a depression. And that was kind of the opportunity. And sometimes it's because you lose your job and it's like, well, this is all I got, you know, I'm going to have to just figure it out
0: forced into it.
1: And there's no, it's very difficult for me to find a job. And that happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I think that is what they're talking about. And I totally think that's good advice. Um, you know, so my, my problem is a little bit different. Mine is more unique. I don't know how the universal aspect of it. It's, it's kind of like if you're rarely or never a nine to fiver, Mm -hmm. the, the, the danger is, so if you're always in that entrepreneurial mindset, the, the work for yourself mindset, <clears throat> the danger is switching gears at the wrong time because of a financial disaster, right? Rather than working through and making it work, it's easy to say, oh, I'm just going to go, you know, either go back, get a life raft get a job or try a or different do approach,
0: do something totally to something different,
1: totally different. Right. Gotcha. So, yeah, I want to be a writer, but now I want to be a you know an underwater wielder, welder, right. welder wielder. wielder. <laughs> I'm going uh, to uh, wield under, things underwater. underwater. <laughs> <laughs> if I could do that, and if I can make money doing that, I'll just do that at this point. <laughs> so just hold it, stuff underwater.
0: So I think there is one commonality here, though, which is the the opportunistic nature of the recession. So even yeah. in both examples, like what they're talking about specifically, credit is a little easier to get. So a loan is usually easier to get in a recession. And also it's a cheaper to afford it because interest rates are super low. Right. So in your situation, if you were wanting to get more education, maybe that's (laughs) still a way to, pursue your entrepreneurial dreams and now it's actually a little more affordable because interest rates are near zero right so now my access to capital is better and then also if you're a small business it's sometimes better to get a piece of real estate in a recession because it's a little cheaper so there is certainly opportunities in both aspects but i see what you're saying in the sense that like you kind of have the natural tendency to jump ship on this and go do something else
1: sometimes yeah i mean Mm. And it's just, that's the feeling that you get. And I think it's important, but what you're saying is true and very helpful that this is a good time to like, you know, cause there's other opportunities if you're starting a business or if you already have a business, there are people who lose their job that, you know, might be willing for a lower price than normal or even volunteer at first, which is technically not legal, I think. But, um, you know, like I have a volunteer for uh, my magazine for the first time ever. And that's, you know, part of it's because they can't find the job that they want and they're, you know, they're trying to be a teacher, but the teaching jobs are kind of difficult and, you know, so they have more spare time. Yeah. So there's other opportunities like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's would have never presented itself had.
1: Well, but it would have eventually, I think, but it's just a challenge, and mm-hmm. now that there's all this free time, there's people you know or you know people feel like there's this free time they can't go do other stuff, so I've been able to get more content, for instance, for my magazine um created that way through through that opportunity so yeah. depends what you're doing, yeah,
0: okay, so the next one, attaching emotion to the family home, yeah, so it's kind of talking about like if you if you lost a parent yeah, in a challenging time, and during a recessionary period, there's a lot of em- just your emotions in general are going to be at a higher level. Yeah, so this is kind of warning you, like remember to evaluate a, a family home as an asset first before attaching yeah. any type of emotion to it, and make the decision that's best for your financial situation. Try as best you can to keep the emotions out of it,
1: whether to sell or not.
0: Sell or not, right? Yeah. yeah, this is talking about like if it's, if you're in a cash crunch and you've been holding on to a family house that you inherited just because you can't let it go, right? Well, this is one of those particular areas that you might have to let it go.
1: Yeah, I agree. So, get emotion yeah. out of it.
0: Yep, <laughs> yep. And that's also where a financial advisor is helpful because we don't have any emotions. We're just like, get rid of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, don't say that. You don't have any emotions, <laughs> You're not robots. <laughs> no. You don't have any emotions like the emotions that I might have toward a house. That, right. You know, you're, you're able to have a detached sense yeah. of
0: things. And I would also never tell someone just to get rid of it. I would provide yeah. a case as to why objectively this is probably your best
1: choice. And it's still your decision at the end of the day. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Okay, okay.
0: This one is, the next one is early withdrawals. So specifically from retirement plans, and this is kind of a big one for this recession because this is the first time ever that they, because of the coronavirus pandemic, they allowed people to take withdrawals mm. early without a penalty. Yeah. So that uh, I haven't looked at data yet, but I'm wondering if that is not going to be by the end of the year a slightly stronger motivation to people to start taking early withdrawals. You know, just in the interim, right? Because now I don't, I'm not going to be charged that penalty. I could say it's due to COVID, but I would also really like to have that pool. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I, I, f- I feel like you're talking about that about yourself. <laughs> uh, no, like the way I you am, said that. Uh, right? You should have a pool. Your your place is, uh, I don't know. I wish I could have a pool. Texas, man. Texas.
0: I would use it all
1: the time. <laughs> I know. Especially now that you can work from home. You should be like on the phone. just like, I'm Right in the pool. Right at the pool. just. Come on, man. That is the life. You should do it. Build, I mean, if they didn't a
0: cost a fortune, I would think about it. But geez.
1: We take out that 401k. <laughs> no. <laughs> Early withdrawal. But yeah, I think that's, it's really interesting that there's so many opportunities right now. Because I mean, in a, it's weird to say opportunities, but like COVID and taxes. I mean, even just with like paying rent, like they've they've outlawed. You don't have to, you can't be kicked out for paying rent. Until 2021, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, yeah. so it's like, what do you do with that money that you were making? Even if you were struggling, Like, make sure to put some money aside. But there's just so many early withdrawals where there's no tax um, taxes on it. It's just one of the many things that is available all of a sudden mm-hmm. and changes. Mm-hmm. So I think it's... Well, there
0: are taxes, but you can spread them out over three years. Like okay. you can repay those taxes this, over three years. So
1: this is a good reason why there should you sh- this is a good time to get a financial advisor. Yeah. Cause you don't know all these changes, and that's your job to stay up with all the changes.
0: Right. And like right. here's
1: the opportunity. Okay, so you could just move this money. Oh yeah, you could get this, you need this money for. You really want this pool? Okay, great. So we could take some money out of here, out of it's here, like a, or, a little bit here, and it, there's a tax deferred program right now. Blah blah. blah. So, and yeah. that's what's really helpful about having a financial advisor. Yeah.
0: So. Okay. The next one is farewell to free time. So this, <laughs> I guess, is like the assumption that if we're if we're in a recession and things aren't doing well, we might be feeling anxious about working more so that we can make sure and make more money, or we may actually be a little cash strapped. So we have to work a little harder. And what, at what cost does all of that have an effect on your life, your free time? How your true this, is. this
1: doesn't feel accurate to the times. Ashley Willens, <laughs> <laughs> assistant professor at Harvard business, at School. Harvard business. School. Come on. But it's it's like, it's very detached from, it feels like, people have an abundance of free time unless they're too you know family working um full time from home already yeah right like a lot of people how many people are in unemployment and they're just getting checks right that's all free time and they're, they're not working jobs right that's all free time so it's like yeah um now i'm being mean i know what she means she means you know, there are a lot of families who are working double overtime because they're taking care of their kids. They work two jobs, you know, and now those jobs haven't stopped. And now they feel like, you know, um, they need to maybe do an online Etsy store or something to make some extra money. So they're trying to like really. So I she's right. I get that point. I was just being silly. But still feels weird because it seems because uh, my perspective is like
0: you have a lot of free time, a lot
1: of free time in my room alone. <laughs> that's that came out wrong <laughs> but, but i mean like i'm in this room all day and it's like uh-huh. yeah so yeah um the f- free time but like with nothing to do i mean netflix numbers on netflix have just skyrocketed in terms of hours watched yeah so
0: so Gosh, maybe man. it is maybe it isn't i don't know <laughs> i've never found myself uh and maybe this speaks to my work ethic i don't know but i don't I don't struggle with this.
1: No, you have a really good work-life balance Yeah, perspective. Like you work really hard when you work and then you're but done. When you're done, you're I'm done. done. I'm done. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people need to, I think, learn from in general. Because it's, you know, for a lot of people, it's either they're lazy and they don't do any work or the, all they do is work, right? That's the model. The mentality is it's like you are a lawyer working 100 hours a week and you're sleeping under your desk or mm-hmm. you're a bum sleeping on the yeah. streets or something. And it's like, no, you there could, seems to be no, at least not in a popular in culture and our, yeah. in our mindset. But I think that's not accurate. I mean, the accurate time is that you figure out what your hours are. You work those hours really hard. You plan it out. And then when you're done, you go do your fun things that you want to go do.
0: Yeah. Otherwise
1: you're going to be dead and it will yeah. be all useless. Your life. Right. Like, and what then what's did you the live point for
0: of working so hard?
1: Right. Why did
0: you do that? Yeah. And I think COVID has helped me a lot with that because I used to have this tendency to feel really anxious about downtime, you know, at the office and then being able Mm. to go home. It was like, wow, but I actually did twice as much work this morning than I normally do in the office. So I'm like comfortable taking an afternoon off.
1: That's something I learned years ago at working for myself. Like a decade ago. Yeah. That's one of the advantages of working for yourself is you learn. Yeah. When you, now the flip side is that if that's all it is, then you really have to be rigid about doing the work because it could easily slip away. But yeah, you learn that, man, so much time gets wasted driving there, talking to people, just saying hellos to everybody every day. And it's like, no, I could just wake up and go to work. Yeah. Done. And then I'm done Done. in four hours. What would have taken me eight? exactly you know and it's like wow then i have so much and i and i didn't spend time driving or all that other time so it's like i just got 3 4 hours of hard work in and boom that was the equivalent of 8 at work and yeah. i think that's something that a lot of people are realizing which is why i think the future will be a mix of at work and
0: and work at home work at home yeah <sighs> new times so interesting new
1: times okay. okay uh next
0: one a tendency to overcorrect Yeah, They give the example of, you know, due to anxiety and fear in a recession, you may feel the need to be like overly uh, conservative with your spending where you cut out all of your extra stuff. So then you have zero pleasure in your monthly budget. Yeah, And that could be going too far because now you're damaging your mental health temporarily for the sake of something that probably wasn't an actual crisis to begin with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is um I think this is just an important life lesson. Yeah. In general. Like it's not just about a recession. I mean, a recession is one example, but there is a tendency to like have a knee-jerk reaction, like I've said a couple of times already, that is a problem for people. And um I think it's a problem for all of us. And it's it's an important lesson to try to Like this is the re when these types of events happen, this is the reason why having a well thought out career, you know, really thinking about your passions, really thinking about your priorities, really thinking about your values. That's, this is when it comes into place into play. It doesn't come into play when everything is going fine and normal and you're just living your nine to five or whatever life and everything's just going on track. It's when things go wrong that's when you need to think about, okay, what are my principles? What do I stand? How do I live? You know, th- I like it's, that. it's yep. when, th- cause like, it's so easy for people just to throw those away. And it's like, well, then you never had principles. You never had values. If all right. you did was throw away your values when it got hard, then you never really had them. Right. Yeah. It's you when they're hard them entirely that you need to stick to your guns and you need to yep. say, no, this is how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to struggle through this. I'm going to earn this and I'm going to ha- achieve this life. That's what I've been trying to achieve. And yeah. it's like ugh, some people, all they do. And I, and I understand I do it too, right? I've, I've, you know, thought about doing it too, in certain ways of just like giving up all these things and just going into this realm, you know, right. getting a kind of job that I, even if I don't want that kind of job,
0: Yeah, right? just because it's be easy, it can be easy to do, me. but what's easier to do is like what you, you alluded to when my, when I am operating and living a life that's consistent with my values and objectives when I am, I have a solid footing so that Mm. when my uh, surroundings become messy, my footing is still solid because I feel really confident in what my values are. So I know how to react in all those different situations. When you don't know how to react or respond because you're not familiar with your values or, or, you know, what you're, what you value, basically, then that's when it's so much easier for you to just throw it out the window.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what this is um, talking about. Specifically, if you're worried about spending, you can cut all the fluff out of your budget and try to watch every penny, but miss opportunities to improve your income through networking or improving your skills. So this is actually his advice. Roger Whitney uh, of Agile Retirement Management, Fort Worth, Texas, is actually talking about, um, not doing that stuff. Right. Right. Yeah, cuz um, it
0: sacrifices I guess he's making the assumption that those those items that you would traditionally cut from a budget when things got tight are going to be the enjoyable things.
1: Yeah, so um over overcorrecting can make a bad situation worse and present a whole new set of problems. So you're worried about spending, you cut out all the fluff, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you you don't improve your networking and improving skills. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that is a very minor part of the problem. I think what we're talking about is a much more prevalent and difficult thing. I mean, I see this all the time where it's like, uh, or not all the time, but I've, I see it sometimes where, you know, let's say you believe in something politically and then it becomes challenging to believe in that thing at work because you might, you know, lose your job during a recession Mm. You know what I mean? Like uh um, yeah. I don't want I don't want to get political, but but that's like a stark example of then you give that up just to get along. Right. right? You give up your beliefs. So that's one simple example a- of like your your kind of your fear leads to you overcorrecting in a way that cuts a part of you away from yourself. Right. And I think that's how you start to become less and less like yourself because. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to hold to my ideals. And then the crap hits the the fan, right? Yeah. And it's then it's you're like, difficult never mind. I'm just going to go along with everybody else. And I'm just going go to, you know, do what they say and just be a good little boy. And that's it. Right. Because I need yeah. to make my money. And that, that I think is what happens to a lot of people, especially as they get older. Um, that's why it's like, you know, they say, you know, you're a liberal when you're young and you're a conservative when you get older. But I think part of that is because, um, You know, not that I'm liberal or conservative, but part of that is because I think, you know, people tend to give up bits of themselves as they go. As they go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting way to look at it. So be aware of your values and make sure they really are your values, too, because then it makes it easier to defend them.
1: And I think that's a good place to stop this episode for part one which Part went longer one. than i thought but i think i think it's a good episode i hope everybody enjoys this cuz there's a lot of cool points in there like, yeah a lot of cool this wall street journal i'm i'm digging this wall street journal article <laughs> for sure
0: All right, guys, well, make sure to tune in for part two of this episode where we're going to cover many other things to think about during this recessionary period to help you make smart choices with your money. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check us out on social media by searching for at Jake's two cents and check out the blog at jakes2cents.com. Take care. We'll see you next time. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.